Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Do something. Take your wife out for lunch. Come home from work, say to the boss, I need an hour extra, go ahead. Walk in the door and go, hey, we're going to lunch. Get the smelling salts, pick her off the floor and take her to lunch. I'm serious. Life is too short. And here we are, plodding along. We were made to enjoy life. That's what the psalmist said. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy life. Routines are good. Waking up at the same time usually ensures that you'll be at work on time, which is a good thing. Routines and relationship, though, often deteriorate into boredom, especially in couples' relationships. One partner likes to go, go, go. The other is content being at home. One finds learning new things exhilarating. The other, not so much. Pastor Mark, in teaching what the Bible has to say about godly relationships, We'll be addressing how to deal with the differences couples have in personalities and preferences in many areas of life and how to make the relationship better. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Ephesians chapter 5 with his continuing study called Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. Pastor Mark, I'm in a marriage. My husband is beating me routinely. I have to submit to him. Absolutely not. Call us. We'll call the police. We'll get him taken care of. And you submit to the Lord. I'm serious. People go through marriages and they always fall back being beaten. That's wrong. Well, I'm the head of the marriage. No, you are not the head of the marriage. You're not submitting to God at all. So understand, there's balance in this. I don't have time to go into all of that. Now, when you see this happening, you have to understand, this is hard. But that's the way it works. We submit to one another, we submit to God, and we submit to ourselves, and we love and respect, really, each other. Now, here's an example of a marriage that needs a little bit of maintenance, maybe an overhaul, totally. Listen, the husband had just finished reading a new book entitled, You Can Be the Man of Your House. He stormed to his wife in the kitchen and announced, from now on, you need to know, after reading this book, that I am the man of the house, and my word is law. Some of you guys are writing the name of the book down. Don't do that. No. <laughs> you will prepare me a gourmet meal tonight, and when I'm finished eating my meal, you'll serve me a scrumptious dessert. After dinner, you're going upstairs with me, and you're going to submit to me in the bedroom. Afterwards, you're going to draw me a bath so I can relax. You will wash my back and towel me dry and bring me my robe. Then you will massage my feet and hands. Then tomorrow, guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? And the wife calmly replied, I think it will be the funeral director. (laughs) Amen. 
That marriage needs a total makeover. That's one for television. (laughs) All right. Now let's move on to the second. Eros, spiritual intimacy. Eros is a passionate love that attracts a man and a woman together. God made us, turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews 13, if you will. Hebrews 13. You'll see where it is, very close to the end of the Bible. Hebrews 13, chapter 4. When God made man and woman, he made us with bodies that had individual hormone mixtures. We fit together physically, perfectly, and our spirituality and sexuality are entwined together. It's not just one without the other. Remember, these three have to be actually working together. Now, in this picture, Hebrews 13, we have God speaking about sexual intercourse. When we read the marriage bed, that simply means sexual intercourse. Here we go. Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Now, here's the light bulb. Let's write it down and think about this. Sexual intimacy is a gift from God. Las Vegas didn't design sexuality. God did. They've absolutely diluted it to nothing but flesh. Terrible. Sexual intimacy is a gift from God designed for oneness, pleasure, and sexual fulfillment. Many people in the old days as Christians never thought it would be pleasure just to have kids. Absolutely wrong. The Bible is filled with pleasure of sexuality. That's the way God made it. Now watch this. Only within marriage. Only within marriage. Is that happening in your marriage? Is there a oneness? Is there pleasure? Is there fulfillment in that sexual intercourse with your spouse? If you're not married today, are you experiencing sexual intimacy? It's a sin. When you look at that word in verse four, sexually immoral, the word immoral is basically the word for pornography. It's every kind of sex outside of marriage. The only sexual intimacy designed by God is only in the marriage. It's not premarital. It's not man and man. It's not woman and woman. It's not bestiality. All of that's covered in the Bible. The Bible is not silent on that. It's very explicitly clear. The only sexual intimacy should happen in a marriage. Now, look at the warning. God will judge. Again, nobody can have do-overs, but we can start over and we can do it right. The book of Proverbs Song of Solomon, I'm not going to give you that for a homework, but it's filled with the benefits and the beauty of sex within marriage and the danger of immorality, any sex outside of marriage. Look at this amazing verse, passage from God. You'll find this in Proverbs. Now, it's all about sexual intimacy. So don't think it's like water. It's about sexual intimacy. Drink water from your own well. It's written to basically a husband and wife. Drink water, Proverbs 5, 15 through 19. Drink water from your own well. Share your love with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs into the street having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves in marriage. 
Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing to you. To you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor Mark, my wife, when she was 30, that was fantastic. Some wrinkles and stuff now. (laughs) Hello, get in front of the mirror yourself. (laughs) That's what happens. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Now, watch this next statement. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her brass, Pastor Mark in church. (laughs) Hello, who made her like that? God. Notice what it says. Let her breast satisfy you always. Talking about intimacy, the greatest intimacy in the world. May you always be captivated by her love. That's written by God to you and me. That's marriage. Any, when a man and a woman are naked and they make love, there's nothing more intimate in all the world. But what has society done? Polluted it totally. Totally. Understand how God must feel as he looks down on one man, one woman, monogamous, heterosexual, permanent. Do you know, though, Satan knows how to go into our home and pollute what God designed. He knows how to absolutely ruin what God designed. I want to show you this verse. It's a very interesting passage. 1 Corinthians 7. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. A wife has sexual needs. The wife should fulfill her husband's needs. God made husband and wife with sexual needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. In other words, we're one, so we just share. We share. Now, we're not talking abuse and all those stupid things again. Not talking about this guy. You're going to come upstairs and I'm going to force you to make a We're not talking about that stupid stuff. We're talking about we just love each other. We're one. We own ourselves. Now, watch this. Do not say the word with me. Deprive each other of, watch this, go to the next slide, of Intercourse, sexual relations. Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Look at me. That just means that sometimes in life, things come up. We, might, we may want to take a few days to pray for a relationship or there's sickness and there's difficulty and we're trying to figure whether to sell the house or not. So we just kind of put the, the sexual part of intimacy on hold. And we ask God, God, we're going to give our heart. Speak to us. We need to know what's happening. So that, that is, that's a given. That's okay. It's fine. But watch what happens. For a limited time, so you can give yourself more completed prayer. What's the next word? Afterward. Afterward, you should come together again. What does that mean? Back to having sexual intercourse with your spouse. So that, whoa, who just walked into your house? Satan. Do you see that? Remember last week? Don't go to bed angry and give Satan a foothold. He's after your marriage. He's after my marriage. That is so powerful. 
come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Why the warning from God? Because he knows the way Satan is so deceptive. So when you think about that, you have to understand, for many years I've been counseling. I don't do much of it anymore. All the other pastors do the great counseling for us. But I've never, ever, ever been shocked because you'll counsel a couple. And one of the areas I always would go to with the husband and wife both there, of course. How's the sexual intimacy in your marriage? Well, often they would say, well, two or three times a year. That isn't funny. That's sad. Because there's a huge problem. There's a huge problem. So here's a light bulb. Let me ask you how you're doing, husband and wife. Every husband and wife is to make love on a regular basis. Is that happening in your marriage? Are you enjoying it? Is it Pastor Mark? Would you define regular basis? <laughs> you, you think I'm that stupid? I ain't going near that sucker. <laughs> you know what's regular for you. If you're newlywed, I'm glad you're here this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe not awake, but you are here. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Don't ever open the door for Satan, because he'll walk right in. And whose fault is it? My fault. Let's learn to meet our sexual needs by being sensitive and loving. One day, a seminary student was studying the life of King Solomon. And you know, Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And one day after class, he went to his uh, professor and he said, why did Solomon have so many wives and concubines? And the professor said, well, it was just because when he came home from work, he was hoping that one of them would be in a good mood. <laughs> Let's move right on past that one. The women didn't like that one at all. Okay. I'll probably hear about it from home. You pray for my marriage, would you, when I go home? Okay. Every couple, God designed differently. Men and women, we're different in so many ways. We have different ways of perceiving, thinking, feeling. God designed the husband and wife very different sexually. But both of us were designed to enjoy that. Men, you know this, we're we're primarily aroused through physical image. That's why the internet and porn and all that stuff is such a big deal. Women, much more with the relational part, the words, the loving words, action romance, novels, whatever. It doesn't have the pictures. It just, it's that loving part. Let me share this with you. Men often need sex in order to feel loved. Women often need to feel loved in order to have sex. You say, well, why did God make us that way? Because he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> Look at the old guys out there. Oh, this is great. And you know why? Because the only way I'm going to do that in a great way is what? Have God's help. I wrote this down because it kind of came to me. I want you to write this down. Here's a little bulb. Husbands and wives, when we have sexual intimacy, eros, love, we do it by agape love. Our spouse comes first in loving her versus the need for my 
physical pleasure. Make sense? Both ways. Both ways. So we make love, eros, that desire, that passion, by first making sure I have God love. Selfless love. Is it okay tonight? Not tonight, tomorrow, next week, whatever. How, how will we do? It's okay. We're okay together. We're flowing together. Now, agape love, member is not selfish. It's a verb. You know the three kinds of intimacy we talked about. Sexual intimacy actually comes last. You have to first have spiritual intimacy, and then we're going to talk in a moment about relational intimacy. It has to be there. Now, in romance, do you know what happens, guys, in romance? Listen up. Often it starts in the kitchen with you doing the dishes, you taking care of the kids, you changing that diaper, and you listening to her many words. (laughs) Ladies, you need to take sex seriously. God designed marriage to be good. It needs to be a place of fun excitement. Just remember that. I try to think about this one often, and I want you to write it down. When you please your spouse sexually, you destroy your own selfishness. You destroy your own selfishness. And God honors that. Now let's go to the next one. Relational intimacy. Best Friends. Ecclesiastes 9 9 says this Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love. A cheerful heart is good medicine. One day, a husband stepped on one of those scales that you put 50 cents in, it's probably a dollar now, that tells you your fortune and gave you your weight at the same time. He put these coins in and pulls out this white card. He says to his wife, listen to what it says. It says, I'm energetic, I'm bright, I'm resourceful, and I'm a great lover. And his wife looks at the card and says, yeah, and also says your weight is wrong. (laughs) Do you know what you just did a numbers of times during this teaching? And I did it on purpose. We laughed. Laughter should be part of our marriage. Yes, life is difficult. But we should have times. See, it's a lifelong journey. We're designed to enjoy the trip with God. And sometimes we just, there has to be companionship, not isolation. We're to be best friends. If anyone is a better friend to you than your spouse, something is wrong. So just ask yourself, how can I fix that? I've learned this. One of the first signs of a problem in marriage is when a couple doesn't want to be together. Careful. Now, that doesn't mean we, of course, we want to be separate, do things, whatever. But if you don't want to be together, stop and think about that. When you dated your spouse, did you want to be together when you dated your spouse? Are you kidding me? Of course, it was constant. Everything you wanted to do together. And sometimes we just need to talk more, listen more, add real feelings to our conversations. Into me, you see. Simply have fun together. Here's a light bulb for us. Husbands and wives are to be best friends for life. Is that happening in your marriage? Or has that kind of gone away? Oh, you have the commitment. There's a little bit of the sexual intimacy. Not so much with the friends. That's Linda and I. 
in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We just like traveling together. Actually, she submits to me on that one. She just soon sit home in a chair, do her artwork, do her painting, whatever. I drag her all over the crazy world. But I treat her lots of good things, and I give her plenty of time to be home as well. Do you think we're enjoying that? Of course we're enjoying it. This is one of our favorite things in Singapore. It's called roti prata. It's absolute. I'm hungry right now. It's fantastic. And that's pulled tea, where they take the tea and pour it from way up here down in the cup, and it goes back and forth and whatever. We just love that. Does it look like we're best friends right there? Hello. Yes, it is. That was when we were best friends. <laughs> no, we're still best friends. I just want to see if you were awake at the end. But we don't just like traveling. We like ministering together, as many pastors and their wives do. Here we are in Thailand with Bobby and Katie ministering there. There are missionaries there ministering to them. It's just a beautiful, wonderful thing. Now, when you see all that happening, are you enjoying life together? Are you? Are you making memories? You know, look at me. One of the things that destroys marriages the quickest is boredom. We always do the same thing. Life is such a variety. Try coming to church at a different time. Wow. (laughs) Drive another road to get here. Wow. Do something. Take your wife out for lunch. Come home from work. Say to the boss, I need an hour extra. Go ahead. Walk in the door and go, hey, we're going to lunch. Get the smelling sauce, pick her off the floor, and take her to lunch. I'm serious. Life is too short. And here we are, plodding along. We were made to enjoy life. That's what the psalmist said. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy life. You know, the God woke me up at 3 a.m. with a light illustration. I called Brett and said, can you do me a light bulb? You know why I think he woke me up? Because of this. Every single one of us need maintenance in our marriage. There's nobody here different. That's why Linda and I tried to do this. There's nobody different. We, Satan's after us. Our old selfishness is after us. And we just have to take maintenance. Don't throw the marriage out. Change the light bulb. Fix it. Whatever you've come through today, fix it. And I want you to see this light bulb and say one more thing to you. Jesus said, when you come to him, and this is for the unbelievers as well as the believers, when we come to him and allow him to lead our marriages, our homes, our life, he is known as the light of the world. Listen what he says. If you'll follow me, you'll never walk in darkness. Yes! So we learned today what love, God's kind of love, has to do with marriage. We now know the importance of mutual, reciprocal love. We've discovered that true happiness in marriage can only come when both partners are committed first to God. Pastor Mark taught about the importance of marital fidelity and the need to guard the marriage. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. 
That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This has been an eye-opening teaching. Pastor Mark brought up many memorable points that can help us in choosing a marriage partner. For those of us who are already married, we've been given many tools to help us strengthen our marriages and, if necessary, begin to repair the breaches in our foundations so we can get our relationships healthy again. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Because God Says So. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.